bitches. How's it hanging? We hanging a little to the left today or the little to the right? Y'all, I feel like it's been forever since I've recorded an episode because I bulk recorded a couple episodes last time with my running coach and all that. Um, and so I feel like it's been forever since we've sh- shot the shit and we talked. So I feel like I've got a lot of life to catch you guys up on. So, you know, I don't know if you guys care, but we're going to do that. If you're new here, hi, welcome to the shit show party of one. I'm Allie Griffith. I am the host of the Be That Bitch podcast, where we talk all about being that bitch, whatever that bitch is to you. It's a very, um, it's a very acquired taste type of podcast. We're a little all over the place. My voice is a little raspy today, but you know what? We're a hot mess and we just keep it trucking. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? I feel like more people need to just embrace. Embrace the chaos. Embrace the not knowing what you're doing. Embrace the scatteredness. Embrace all the imperfection. Everybody, everywhere I fucking know, always waiting on it to be perfect. Hell, I did. I didn't start a podcast for over a year. Literally bought this piece of shit microphone that I'm talking on a year before I actually started the podcast because I was letting perfectionism just like hold me back. And I was like, you know what? We're not doing that shit no more. Uh, No, no, boo boo. Like we're not doing that. We're just going to do it messy. So if you're new here to this podcast or if you don't even know who I am, because apparently Spotify just thinks it's cool to send this podcast to everybody and not give them a warning what they're getting themselves into. You're just getting thrown in the fucking deep end with the piranhas. I'm sorry. Welcome. Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you stay around. And if not, well, fuck, I don't know what to say. It was nice to meet you. Don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, seriously, I'm so excited to have you here. I feel like that was just like a tangent that I have no idea where it came from. See, that's just who I am. I go on all of these like side tangents and I have no idea where we go and no idea how we got there. And you know, it's like flying the plane, but I never know if I ever land the plane. It, it is what it is. You know, we just, we're doing our best. So this week's episode... We're going to do an Ask That Bitch episode because a bunch of y'all had a lot of amazing questions and I just simply could not just pick one to do an episode on. So we're going to do an accumulation of all the questions that I got. And if I'm going to be completely honest with y'all, I'm coming off of a week-long vacation where I got absolutely nothing productive done. So I don't really know what I was going to do this episode on. So I felt like that was a safe bet. And y'all know, I just wing these episodes. (laughs) Like I just wing this shit, but I feel like my best ones are winged the hardest. So this one's bound to be just perfection. I'm, I'm fucking speaking that shit into existence because you know, that's the best thing we can do. Hold on. I need a sip of water because remember y'all, A hydrated bitch is a happy bitch. If y'all are new here, you don't know about the challenge. Every time I say a cuss word, because we all know (laughs) I got a mouth straight from the devil. Um, I got a trucker's mouth, but it is what it is. Every time I say a cuss word, you're supposed to take a big old swallow of your water. The goal is at the end of the episode for me to say so much profanity that you get a half a gallon of water in because a hydrated bitch is a happy bitch and nobody likes a dehydrated bitch. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Peace out. Okay. So 
I like to always catch you guys up on my life before we get into the meat and taters of this podcast. So what has Allie Griffith been doing since the last time I recorded an episode? I went to the Dominican Republic for my birthday and had the absolute best time. I got so much reading in and we will do full on book reviews because if you hate them, I don't care because I love them. And y'all know this is like my therapy session. So I like to talk about shit I love. But yes, we went on vacation for five days to Punta Cana. I got a lot of reading in. I came back with freaking, I swear to God, y'all. So the last time I went to the Dominican Republic, I came back with like, my legs were completely broken out. And I thought, because I'm a dumbass and I am like allergic to like everything. It was the sunscreen I used, right? I used like a different type of sunscreen and honestly, I didn't use that much sunscreen. So I thought either it was an allergic reaction to the sunscreen or it was like heat, like heat poisoning or sun poisoning or whatever the fuck it was. Anyways, literally the most painful thing I'd ever been through in my entire life. Flat, flat, flash forward. <laughs> Words are hard. Flash forward, whatever that word is. I got it again this time. And I use the same sunscreen I've been using all season and I used it religiously. So I am now officially convinced that I am allergic to the country of the Dominican Republic. I'm allergic to Punta Cana. So I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to go back there because it's fucking painful. Anywho, so that was a little down downsers, but I'm lucky that it never happens until after I get home. So. It is what it is. We got a lot of good reading in, vacation, and then we came back to reality and, you know, it's just, we love our lives as moms and wives, right, y'all? We love our lives as moms and wives, but can we get an amen that that shit can be overwhelming as all get out? And if you say it's not, the devil is a lie. I'm calling bullshit and I will put you on a lie detector any day. Any person that says this shit's not that hard is a fucking liar and they just want to make themselves look better than all of us. Honey, you ain't convincing anybody, not even yourself. It's hard and it's okay to admit that it's hard. Doesn't mean we're ungrateful. Doesn't mean we don't love our little shits, but we can all agree that parenting and being a wife is hard as shit. (laughs) All right, so let's talk books, y'all. Can I just tell you the amount of good books that I read on this trip was immaculate, but I want to start with this one, this one. And I don't know, I think I saw it on Instagram. I don't know if any of y'all are like this, but my toxic trait is reading a book I found on Instagram, even though my TBR is like a mile long, like it is what it is. But I read this book called Still Breathing. It's by Jennifer Hartman, y'all. That book will stay with me probably for my entire life. So it's about this sister and her sister's fiance, right? He's picking her up from a bar late at night. Well, they get abducted from that bar, right? And held hostage. So there's a fuck ton of trigger warnings. You're going to, if you're triggered easily, you're going to have to like Google them. I run towards triggers. I don't run away from them. If the more trigger warnings, the more appealing it is for me. So most of the books I tell y'all have a lot of trigger warnings, but they're abducted. They're held prisoner for like 13 days. Um, and this sicko, right? The abductor, his, this sicko, his literally his objection, like what he wants to happen when he abducts these people is he wants them to fall in love. So like he 
you know, like takes advantage of the woman, but he also makes the guy that he abducts with that woman take advantage. It's really sick. But anyways, so that happened and it just follows their, you know, them trying to heal through that together and all this stuff. So 20 out of 10 recommend that book. And if you read it, please DM me so we can talk all about it because I don't, I think it's an older book. Or maybe it's just not really talked about. I don't see it ever anywhere. So I don't really have many people to talk about it with. So you guys know me. I am always down to talk about books. That one, immaculate. But let's talk about a new release. So while I was gone, um, a book called Mercy, which if you guys listen to this podcast before, I swear to God, I talk all the fucking time about the Salacious Players Club by Sarah Kate. Y'all, this book owned me like owned me this is like a like a a one-hander a one-hand kindle book because it is that spicy if you know what i mean you know what i mean you get me you get me if you don't we can't be friends i'm just kidding but no seriously y'all it is so spicy so it's a reverse age gap so the woman is older than the man um and then it's also a dom sub but like the woman is the dominant so then the man is the sub y'all the shit I learned from this book. I swear the entire series within itself is a sex education lesson. Like sex one-on-one, like I took notes, like I was getting a fucking pop quiz at the end of it. Like I learned so much. This one was no different. Did y'all know that there, I really hope y'all know at this point not to listen to this podcast when there's kids around, but if you don't, (laughs) I can't help you now. Did y'all know that there's a thing called a fucking like a cock cage like what what in the actual literally it was one of his punishments so he's a brat like he's a submissive brat meaning he gets off on like like disobeying his dom's orders so like that was one of his like quote-unquote punishments was having one of those things i had to gts i had to google that shit real quick because i I was like, what? What is this? What is happening? And how they were describing it. I was trying to like picture it in my mind. And I was like, no, I can't do this. So needless to say, y'all, if you want to learn a lot in sex education, especially in the kink world, read this series um, because it was immaculate. And the female empowerment in this book, ah, A plus, 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 plus. It was so good. So good. Okay. Now, can we talk about another book that I read? So we've praised books. I want to talk about one that wasn't as great. That got a lot of hype. So on Book Talk, Den of Vipers was like trending forever. It was before I started reading, so I never read it when it was trending. But everybody talked so highly of it. I will tell you, it's a 650-page fucking book. She thicker than a snicker. Like she thicker than a snicker. And I was just like, mm, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. That's too many pages. Like that's too, I'm not even that big of a reverse harem fan. If y'all don't know what verse harem is, it basically means one woman with three or more guys. So I think she had four or maybe five. I can't remember right now, but she had a bunch of, a bunch of, bunch of dudes. I will tell you this book was 650 pages of absolutely nothing <laughs> except no points had been made. Like literally there was no plot. There was no like, the steam wasn't even that hot. Like there was some up steam in there with diesel, 
But other than that, like when you think of reverse harem, you think of group activity. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And there wasn't even really any group activity. So mm, that book got a solid like five. Like it wasn't that great. I could go on my life without it. I know a book kind of isn't my jam when I'm towards the like 75% of it and I start skimming. Like I start skimming past descriptions. I start skimming past everything and just look for the dialogue. And that's what I did with this book. So mm, don't recommend that one. We recommend Mercy. We recommend Still Beating. I did read some other ones, but I don't feel like I want to like bore you guys for 20 minutes. Oh, I will tell you guys about this one. So The Blind Side is a sports romance. It was so good. I feel like I might have told you guys about this one. Fuck, I can't remember if I told you guys about this one the last episode. Anyways, the only reason I love this one so much is because he literally used her romance novels, like her spicy romance novels, to learn what she liked because of what she highlighted and then did that for her. What? Like, like, can we get a, um, honey, if you listen to this podcast, I highlight a lot of amazing shit. Just, just saying, just putting that out there. But no, seriously, I was like, mm, that's resourceful. He literally hijacked romance novels to learn what she liked in the bedroom. So it's a sports romance. He's a football player. They have like a fake dating relationship. It's really, really good. There's another fake dating relationship one that I read called Tease by uh, Melanie Harlow. And I'm going to link all of these or I'll list all of these in the description. The banter in that one was hilarious. It was the perfect beach read, which I never knew the definition of a beach read. When several people were like, hey, can you give me a beach read suggestion? I'm like, I fucking read on my Kindle. Every book's a beach read. Like I'll read a mafia book on the beach read. But according to GTS, according to Google, a beach read is something light and kind of like humorous and the cover doesn't look too like giving away, I guess. So according to that, tease is good. It's got some good spice. It's like light dom sub, very light. Um, but it's got some good spice. So we, we recommend that one if you're looking for something on the lighter side, the funnier side with some good banter. Okay. All right. I feel like that's enough book talk. Do y'all, I hope you guys like these. I love Love recapping my books that I've read during the week with you guys, especially like my favorite ones, because it literally just gives me so much joy. You know, I felt so guilty for so long doing anything for myself, taking any time for myself, doing anything that was deemed quote unquote unproductive. And now I have found like true love and true joy in something. I'll shoot it from the rooftops. Like we need to take more time for ourselves. We need to find things that make us happy that aren't productive that aren't deemed you know a good use for our time in the productivity you know terms but a good use of our time and like our happiness and mental health and reading this shit is really good for my happiness my mental health and my libido can we get an amen amen all right so let's get to the meat and taters of this and let's get to ask that bitch 
Y'all, I am so excited to be answering your burning questions. So like I said at the intro, you know, I didn't really know the direction that I wanted this podcast episode to go. So I asked for suggestions and y'all gave so many good ones that I was like, you know what? We're just going to do this in a Q&A format and get as many of these questions answered for y'all as possible. So the first question Wanting to know, like, how do you have an identity outside of being a wife and a mom and going on vacation without the kids and the husband? So if y'all don't follow me on Instagram, first off, what the fuck are you doing? Hi, go follow me at Allie Griffith. Um, But if y'all don't follow me on Instagram, y'all won't know that my vacation for my birthday, I went to the Dominican Republic with my sister and her husband and her friends. And I basically like invited myself on her trip because it was over my birthday. And I went without my husband. I went without my kids. It was just me. And Instagram like lit my ass on fire for it. They asked, you know, what happened to my husband? Asked if we got a divorce. Literally the first, like I had like 12 questions on that fun fact Friday. Like, Oh, where'd your husband? Why'd your husband go? Are you a single mom? Are you getting divorced? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? These people must be freaking athletes because they are jumping so far to conclusions. I don't know what's going on. Um, because apparently if you go anywhere without your significant other, you're apparently, you know, getting a divorce or on the on the ropes for divorce. Can we agree that it is amazing to have a spouse, right? To have somebody to share your life with. But just because you are sharing your life with somebody doesn't mean you have to share all your hobbies with somebody. Doesn't mean that you have to literally have them consume your entire identity. I did that for so fucking long. My identity was Christopher's wife. My identity was Raleigh's mama, right? Like I did not know who I was outside. I didn't know what I enjoyed outside of that. And when I took on this whole self exploration journey over the last four and a half years, you know, I've learned a lot about myself, but that's also helped me learn a lot about my husband, right? Me and my husband have been together for 10 years. And over those 10 years, right, we've literally learned so much about each other. And at the beginning, you know, like I felt like everything he did, I had to do everything I did like he had to do and we had to do everything together. And what we realized is there are some things that we just don't fucking like to do, right? There are some things that I don't like to do that he loves to do. And there are some things that he loves to do that I don't really like to do, right? And so I really truly believe in a marriage, it's so important to have your thing, his things, y'all's things, right? And not force your significant other to do something that they really don't want to do just because they won't let you do it without them, right? So like take, for example, my husband hates the beach. He absolutely hates the beach. He absolutely hates the ocean. I used to fucking force him to go with me, right? Like our honeymoon was to the Dominican Republic, right? I forced him to go on this honeymoon to a place that he didn't really care to go. And you know, yes, it was fun. Yes, it was enjoyable. But honestly, it made it miserable for both of us because he didn't like it. He didn't want to spend time at the beach. Then I felt guilty and wanted to spend time in the room. And so we just never really vibed on it. And so what we have come to realize that, you know what? Yes, Ali, you love the beach. Ali, you love to go out of the country and all these things. Go do that. Go do what you enjoy. And on our vacations together, right, we'll go to the mountains. We'll go somewhere else that we both enjoy. And so 
that's what we do, right? We trust each other and we have open communication and, you know, we built that strong foundation of our marriage on trust and transparency and just really good communication. And, you know, we've come to the realization that it's okay. Like it is okay that we don't like to do the same things all together. You know, I, I truly believe that it is important to have who you are outside of your marriage. Maybe that means you're not going on big vacations like I do without your significant other. Like you don't have to do that. If you don't want to, you don't have to, but make sure you have things outside of your marriage, outside of your role as a mom that you do enjoy. And it starts with just having that communication. You know, if he doesn't want you to do these things without him, ask him why. Y'all just communicate, figuring out why he doesn't. Is it insecurities? Does he think you're gonna cheat? Does he think this? Then get down to the root of it. Like, is it past circumstances that are railing their ugly head? Like, what is he okay with you doing by yourself and all these things? I just think it really just starts with having those really, you know, sometimes uncomfortable conversations But y'all, I will tell you, it is not unhealthy to do things without your significant other. Like it's not, it does not mean you're going to go cheat on them. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It doesn't mean that you're on the road for divorce. It just means that y'all have separate interest and you or him should not have to compromise and be miserable just because one can't do something without the other right? Have your thing, have his thing, have y'all's thing. I truly believe that is one of the best like answers, best kept secrets to a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage is, you know, that you're not so far up each other's ass every day that you don't know what day it is, that you guys can do things separately, but do things as well together and be happy. So that's my biggest advice is first, you know, open up with communication. Let him know like, hey, I want to go do this. If you don't, if it's not something that you enjoy, are you cool with me going alone? Like, are you cool with me doing it alone? And then you can go do something that you might, I might not really enjoy doing. And we'll just kind of tit for tat that, right? So like when I went on my vacation, I came home, Chris goes racing. He fucking loves racing. I hate the go-kart track. And so he just goes and I don't give him any lip. I'm just like, go babe, like have fun go, go, go wild. And so, you know, it's just kind of those compromises and realizing that your joys and his joys are, might not be completely in sync. Doesn't mean that either of you guys should have to sacrifice the things that bring you joy. Okay. Next question. Alrighty. So somebody wants advice on keeping up with a busy schedule or not feeling guilty for the things that we don't have time for. So one of the best kept secrets that I've ever had is do more of the things that bring you joy and do less of the things that you don't and don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that's something that us as women, we have a lot of trouble with is asking for help, right? We feel like it's a sign of weakness. We feel like it's a sign of, you know, like, oh, I can't do it all. No fucking shit, you can't do it all. We are not supposed to be able to do it all. That's why we have a support system. We have got to ask for that help. And if they're not willing to help, then we need to evaluate our support system, right? And so, you know, if you've got like a never ending to-do list that you feel like you never can get done, ask yourself this, what is least important? 
that I can like nix off. So like, for example, for me, if I'm overwhelmed on a certain day, I'll nix off my laundry. Like I'm like, fuck that. It can stay in the laundry room and I am not going to be upset about it. I can't do it all, all the time, right? Like I'm not going to be the one that puts myself on the back burner, right? Like I did that for so long. I put myself on the back burner because I felt like the chores needed to get done. The baby needed to be fed. The dinner needed to get cooked. All the stuff that needed to get done. Y'all, you are more important than your fucking to-do list. It is not you or the to-do list. Like the to-do list can wait. And so just reminding yourself that it's not you or the to-do list. Like you are more important of it. But also as saying, you know, realistically, if I can't get it all done, that's a time to talk to your support system, right? Your husband, your mother-in-law, your mom, your whatever the case may be, right? Whoever you deem your support system and say, you know, I'm overwhelmed. Like, I just can't get it all done. What stuff do you feel like you can take off my plate? Like, this is the list. What things do you feel like that you can commit to doing, right? And so that's something I do with my husband. So like, I clean the majority of the house. He does all the floors. I was like, I don't have time for it. I don't really have the desire to do it. So I will do most of everything else, but you're cleaning the fucking floors. I also compromised and said, I'm not folding your laundry anymore. Like, I just don't have time for it. You go through way too much shit. I'm not doing it. So I just keep it in a hamper, right? So like, these are the things that I kind of released. I released the pressure because it caused lots of fights with us, right? Like anytime I was overwhelmed with clothes, it caused a fight with us. And so I said, honey, you know, like we both live in this house. We are a partnership. I think that's something we forget, especially if we're stay at home moms or even work from home moms. We feel almost guilty that our significant other has gone all day at work or whatever the case may be. And then asking for help. Y'all, we have to realize that this is not like you're not their mama, right? Like it's a partnership. So they should help us. Yes, he has a full-time job. You have a full-time job. But just because his job ends at five, that doesn't mean your job ends at five, right? And so that's the way my mindset works, right? Like anything after five is is fair game. You, you shouldn't have to work and they don't. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's selfish of me, but just ask, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that's something that a lot of us don't do is ask for help because we think of it as a sign of weakness, y'all the best sign of strength is asking for help and realizing that you just can't do it all, all the time. That is not a sign of weakness. That is a sign of strength because there are so many people that will just sweep it under the rug or run themselves into the fucking ground before admitting they need help that they can't do it all. And then guess what? Something ends up suffering and usually it's going to be you. I'm living proof of that. I'm living proof that if you literally just keep doing it all, doing it all, doing all, never asking for help. It created, <laughs> I want to say my downfall of 2018. Like literally, like I, I lost, I lost it. I went into a deep, dark depression. I literally got suicidal thoughts. I felt like everybody was better off without me because I just couldn't do it all. I felt like I was letting everybody down and it was because I didn't have the strength to ask for help. So ask for help. And if you don't get it all done, there's always tomorrow. I feel like we forget, like there's always tomorrow. And then we feel like, oh, it's going to just keep piling on and piling on and piling on. It's fine. There's always tomorrow. There's very few things. Like I will sit down and read at eight o'clock at night, even if my to-do list is not done. 
oh, but Allie, why do you do that? Because I'm fucking worth it. Like y'all, you are worth taking moments for yourself, even if your to-do list isn't done. I feel like as a mom and a wife, our to-do lists are never done. Don't feel guilt for taking time for yourself. Don't feel guilt if you don't get it all done. Because I promise you, if whoever, Jack and Jill, it, I don't fucking know, whatever the business that they're working on at five o'clock hits and they didn't get everything done, they ain't feeling guilty. I'll do it again tomorrow. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll move it tomorrow. We should feel that same way. You know, sometimes it's really hard, especially if we work at home and if we, you know, our job is in the home, taking care of the home, it's hard to like separate. Allow yourself to separate it. Put a time limit, right? Like say, you know what? If by six o'clock I haven't done all of the chores that I want to get done, they're going to get done tomorrow. Now, you can't really put the kids into that category, but you can put the laundry, you can put the dishes, you can put all that other shit in that category. Give yourself a time limit, right? Set alarms on your phone and then just release and say, you know what? It'll get done tomorrow. I think that's important. Just allowing yourself not to feel guilt that if you can't get it all done, because not everybody always gets it done. Even if it looks like they do, I promise you, they have that dirty little secret hall or closet or cubby in their house that never gets done, that they just ignore. <laughs> all right, next question. Alrighty, so next question. They want to know what you do, like how do you keep fighting when you feel like getting giving up, when you feel like you're not getting anywhere and you feel like giving up. And my question is, why do you feel like you're not getting anywhere? I feel like so many times we wanna give up because it gets hard, right? We feel like we're not making any progress. We feel like, you know, the scale's stagnant. It's just not working, all these things. And we're throwing ourselves a pity party, but maybe it is working. We're just not looking in the right place right? Like maybe it's working, but we're just looking in the places that it's just not currently working at. I always say this, if you're not finding results, like if you feel like quitting because you ain't getting results, I'm saying you're not looking in the right place at the right time. Hear me out, right? There are so many different ways to measure success. So many different ways to measure results. It's your energy level, your libido, your health numbers, your, you know, pictures, your, measurements, your, the scale, yes, you know, energy to go around with your kids, like all of these different ways, right? There's so many different ways to measure success that we're always looking at this one way. Of course, there's going to be times that we feel like we're not getting anywhere and it's just going to be like, well, what the fuck? What's the point? Train yourself to, instead of trying to find the reasons why it's not working, find the areas in your life that it is working. Find the areas in your life that you are progressing because I guarantee you at all times, you are getting results. You're just not looking in the right places. So like, for example, for me, right? Like I haven't stepped on a scale in like seven months. So I never look at that. But if my numbers, so like my running numbers, that's usually where I look at to see if I'm getting results. Lately, they've been snagged stagnant as fuck. I could be like, I'm not getting any results. I might as well just not run. I might as well not do this anymore. Like whatever. But I was like, you know what? Okay, we're going to look other places. So then I went to the weight room. How, how much weights am I lifting, right? Am I lifting more? Am I able to do these moves more, right? I just have trained myself to instead of sulk and instead of throwing a pity party to redirect my thoughts and look for the places that I am improving. Because 
if you train yourself to do that, no matter how many times you are stagnant in one area, your brain's automatically going to be like, all right, so we're not getting results right here right now, but where are we? Right. Instead of just staying in that negative space where you feel like you're not getting results. So we've got to start training ourselves to like look other ways. That's one way to stop quitting. Can we also agree? Can we also agree that quitting never gets you any fucking closer? Like we all know the end result after you quit. We all know that. Right. What happens after you quit? You go right back the fuck where you were. Probably unhappy probably where you didn't want to be probably in an awful mindset that made you start in the beginning. So you know what quitting's going to get you, but but what if you just kept fighting? What if you kept pushing and kept going? You don't know where that's going to get you. Yeah. It's harder option. It's the least comfortable option, but it's going to be the option that gives you yes, unknown probability, right? You don't know what's going to happen. But I would rather go into something not knowing if I'm going to see success or not than giving up and knowing instantly I'm not going to because I quit. Do we see? Quitting never gets you any closer. It just gets you further away. So reminding yourself this. Yes, right now it's hard. Yes, right now I might not be seeing the best results. Yes, right now everyone and their mama might be looking and getting faster results than me. But if I quit right now, That sure as hell ain't going to get me anywhere any quicker. But if I keep fighting, I just got to get over this plateau, right? I just got to keep, because after every single mountain, right? When you go up a roller coaster, the hill, what always happens? You always come down eventually. You don't know when that's going to happen, but it always eventually happens. Yes, the climb is fucking hard. Yes, it might seem so long. Yes, you might seem like you ain't getting nowhere anytime soon, but eventually you get to the top and then you see you got smooth sailing after that. So just reminding yourself that, you know, there's always places to look for success, that you're always seeing results. You just might not be looking in the right places and reminding yourself that quitting ain't going to get you there any quicker, but keeping fighting will get you there eventually, right? Slow results are still results. Slow results are still results, but quitting gets you no results except backtracking. Right. All right. Next question, y'all. All righty. Next question. How do you navigate your relationship with others who don't understand your fitness journey? First off, y'all, it is nobody else's responsibility to understand why you do the fucking shit you do except for yourself. Because as long as you understand it, as long as you believe in it, as long as you know without a shadow of a doubt, this is the reason why you're doing the things that you're doing, that is all that matters. It is not Aunt Susan's job to understand why you decided to take on 75 hard. It is not Uncle Johnny's job to understand why you decided to skip out on the chocolate cake when you never skip out on it, right? It is not your boyfriend job to understand why you're waking up at 5 a.m. to work out when you never did before. It is only your responsibility to understand why you're doing those things. And if they love us, if they truly love us, they will support us even if they don't understand what we're doing. And that starts with communicating, right? So like, for example, my husband, he has never been on this journey with me, right? He's only worked out one time in the freaking four and a half years I've been a coach. And I used to feel like that was a failure on me, right? Like I never got him to join me. I never got him to start eating healthy. 
We cannot make others do things that we want them to do if they don't want to do them, but they sure as hell can respect us enough and understand that we want this enough to support us even if they don't physically understand it themselves, right? Like my husband never understood why I decided to start running fucking marathons. He thinks it's like the biggest waste of time. He's like, this is stupid. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't understand it, but he doesn't have to understand it. His job is not to understand it, just to support me. And so if they love you, they will support you. And so like he supports the hell out of me, even if he doesn't understand. Like he went to Nashville with me during my marathon and literally sat on the side to cheer me on for six hours. He did not go in a room and it was like 85 degrees, right? Like he rushes home to, you know, be with the baby so I can go on a run. Like he supports the hell out of me, even if he doesn't understand it, right? My mother-in-law, when we used to do family dinner nights, right? She doesn't understand why I do all the things I do, but she supported me with saying, you know, this is what, like letting me know beforehand what we were having for supper. So if I needed to bring other things because I didn't want that or whatever the case may be, right? Like they don't have to understand why you're doing what you do, but if they love you and they truly, truly love you, they will support you. And if they're not, if they're pitching a fit, if they're saying like, this is stupid, don't do it. Like I'm not supporting you. Then that is a question y'all need to have within your relationship because there is something wrong there. Relationships are built on compromises. It's built on understanding. It's also built on mutual respect that we're not always going to understand why somebody wants to do what they do, but we're going to always support them and be there for them because that's what we signed up for when we decided to love that person. And if they don't do that, then you might just have to ask yourself, do they truly love me or do they just love the convenience of having somebody there, right? Do they just love, you know, having somebody to try to control or, you know, when it's convenient for them or any of those things, right? Because that's not love. Love is built on understanding and compromise. And, you know, even even if it's not understanding, lack thereof understanding, but at least supporting, right? Maybe it's not built on as much understanding, but on supporting and compromising. And so, That is how I handled it was a communication, right? Like we had growing pains. I'm not going to lie. When I started training for the marathon, he would get very pissy on how long my runs would take, but we, we came to compromises, right? We, we opened the communication. I asked what what best times to do these things were, right? So like I changed my schedule of my runs. He got to go do more things with for himself, for his quote unquote running time, right? Like we compromised. So he doesn't have to, he didn't have to understand why I was doing this, but we did have to come to a mutual agreement on all that it took to do that, right? Because if we can agree, it does take maybe not sacrifices or yeah, probably sacrifices is the right word. It takes sacrifices for our significant others or the people in our lives when we decide to do these things, right? Like if that's, you know, sacrifices of time or sacrifices of certain meals or whatever the case may be. So yes, we do have to have those talks, but just remember it's give and take. I think everything in this is give and take. And so just being transparent and being understanding and and hope that they understand. And if they don't and they don't wanna support you, maybe that's a different conversation you need to have. 
I hope that was helpful. I know that there wasn't any like foolproof, like this is how you do it. But y'all, anything to deal with humans and life in general doesn't have like a foolproof answer. But that's how I navigated that. And you know, we're we're not divorced yet. And I've been doing this for four and a half years and I have added a lot of shit to my plate. So it's worked somewhat. All right, so we're gonna do one more question, y'all. I hope you're enjoying these. If you are, please, 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 please do me a favor. Make sure you share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Allie Griffith. And also go ahead and go to Apple or Spotify, wherever you're streaming this and give us a five star. It really does help the podcast grow. All right, next question. All right, so things that you would tell your past self. I have five right off the top of my head. Um, and the first thing is like, Yes, it's supposed to be hard. Like my past self thought like because it's hard, because I was struggling, meant that I was defective, meant that it wasn't meant to be. And I would go and tell myself like it's supposed to be hard. Like it's supposed to be challenging. You're not supposed to give up when it gets challenging. You're supposed to get tougher, right? When things get tough, you get tougher. The next thing that I would tell my past self is perfection is not what's going to get you there. Consistency is. It's not what we do perfectly that gets us the results. It's what we do consistently. My past self was an all or nothing type of bitch. Like she would go all in or she would be all out. There was no in between. And what I have realized is the beauty and the results happen in that in between. They happen in that gray area. They happen in there because that is how you stay consistent. When you can figuratively have your cake and eat it too, right? When you can have a day where you enjoy the indulgence of life and then you just keep moving. Or maybe you have ice cream unplanned and then you have your salmon and broccoli and whatever for supper, right? Like you realize that it's not about deprivation, but about learning the balancing act. Um, so that is the second thing. The third thing, just because you feel like it's hard doesn't mean it's not for you. Y'all, I spent so many years of my life avoiding the things that were hard, most specifically running. Like I always said, oh, I can't do this. It's too fucking hard. I'm just not made for it. Like I'm too big. I'm too this. I would literally give myself million and one excuses as to why I couldn't do this. And then I would go tell myself, maybe you can. Maybe you can. Why can't you? right? If this person can do it, why can't you? So I would go and tell her, girl, you can do this. You're not allowing yourself to do this. I think that's something a lot of us do is we can do anything we want to do. We're just not allowing ourselves to do it because we're stuck in this belief that we can't do it. But why can't you, right? Like, why can't you go run a marathon? Why can't you stick to your workout program? Why can't you eat fucking vegetables? You can, you just one, don't want it bad enough, Two, aren't allowing yourself to because you're believing too much into this bullshit that you can't. Can't never could, won't never would. We got to do it, y'all. The fourth thing would be to ditch the fucking scale. I let the scale have so much control over me for so many years, right? Like I would be, I was the queen of the diet bets, right? You know, where you like step on the scale and you have to put a word to prove and all that shit. Like I was the queen of all of that shit. I would let numbers control my life. And I felt like I had to be a certain weight to be happy. I had to be whatever to be happy. I would tell her to ditch that scale, that you can find happiness within yourself and it doesn't have to be under 200 pounds. Like it doesn't have to be at a buck 90, at a buck 70, whatever my goal was at that time. Because I let that control me so much and that is one of the reasons why I was always so off and on hot and cold is because when we look at that freaking 
devil scale, the devil device to validate our successes. And that can change so much. Like within a day, it can plus or minus like eight pounds. So I would tell her to ditch the scale that you're not going to find your happiness or your results in that scale, but within yourself. And then the last thing you got to fucking eat. Like I spent so many years starving myself unintentionally most of the time. There was times that I did it very intentionally, but most of the time it was unintentionally. I would eat like on these small saucer plates and I would eat like 1200 calories and feel like I was always hungry and then I was always binging and then I was never getting the results. And it was because I was basically starving myself and putting myself in like shutdown mode. So I would tell her, boo, eat more to get more results. Like eat more of the good shit, you will get there. Nobody has ever starved themselves healthy, but there has been plenty of bitches that have ate themselves healthy. So you gotta eat food. If you are 300 pounds, 1500 calories is not enough food for you. Can I say that again? If you are 300 pounds, if you're 200 pounds, if you're 190 pounds, 150, 150, 1,500, why was I saying 150? 1,500 calories ain't enough food for you, so eat food. Okay, so that is pretty much all the time for questions we have today. Um, This was a 45-minute podcast. I am so sorry, y'all. But, you know, I'm not even going to apologize because you bitches have been wanting longer podcasts. Your wish is my command. I am here to please you. Yes, daddy. Um, no, seriously, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you got some good questions answered. I hope that you got some value. And if not, then I hope you got a little humor out of it. And if not, come back next week. I'll try again. Keep coming back, right? We'll, we'll keep trying. Um, but if you enjoyed this podcast, like I said earlier in the episode, please share it. Please go vote on Apple. It really does help the podcast grow. And the more people we can get this out to, the better. The more people we can help. And it really means a lot to me. And then share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me. I love to shoot you a DM and say thank you and know who my listeners are. It really does make me so freaking happy to talk to you guys. And if any of you bitches read Still Beating, please DM me so we can talk about it because that book is completely owning my life right now. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to leave you like I leave you every single week in a world full of bitches. Be that bitch, whatever that bitch is to you. I love y'all and I'll see you next Wednesday.